Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Dev Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode. And if you haven't already, please give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Today, I want to talk to you about how you can start making video games. Specifically, I want to give you six steps to start making games. And it's no secret that learning how to make video games is hard. We all love to talk about how hard it is. I see it all over the internet, how hard game development is. Clearly, we love talking about it. But I've been making games for seven years now. And in 2021, I sold my house in order to fund my indie game studio. So this is something that I'm obviously very passionate about. And I'd love to share what I've learned about how exactly you can start making games right now today. So number one, I want to address the question, do you need to go to school? Where do you start? I did not go to school for game design or programming. I actually went to school for accounting, which I no longer do. So I really can't speak about how good schools are for game development. I have no idea. But if a friend of mine were to ask me what I thought they should do, I would absolutely say, do not go to school for game design or game development. This is just my opinion, but honestly, it feels like a waste of time and money to me, especially if you're wanting to start your own studio and make your own game. But even if you're wanting to get a job in game dev, I still don't really think that school is a good use of your time or your money. You can get a job based on your personal portfolio, and your portfolio will grow a whole lot faster if you're constantly learning by creating your own projects in the years that it would take you to graduate from some sort of game development program. Most colleges and universities pad their programs with these extra courses that you really don't need. I know from experience with accounting, there was all sorts of crap in there that had nothing to do with accounting. We had to take marketing, we had to take operations management, just all sorts of stuff that I had no interest in, even at the time. But the most important point is that game development, this industry is such a rapidly changing industry that by the time that you finish your degree, a lot of what you learned is already going to be obsolete. You can learn everything you need to learn about game development for free or for really, really cheap online, and you can do it faster than it would take to get a degree. So step number two, pick a game engine. And I don't usually like giving hyper specific advice because everything kind of depends on you and your capabilities and your learning style and your personality and all these various factors. Everybody's unique and what is good for one person might not be good for another person. But in this case, my opinion is do not make your own game engine. Not if your goal is to make a game in a reasonable amount of time. I see a lot of YouTubers creating their own game engines, and I have a Discord server with hundreds of other game developers, and a couple of them are also working on their own game engine, so I'm not bashing that. And I've heard the advantages with making your own engine. It is, I've heard that it's amazing, it's an amazing way to have like perfect control over everything, and it's not padded with all these features that you really don't need. I also found the story of how Stardew Valley was made and it took the guy like five years and he did everything himself, including the music and art and the engine. And he never asked for help, not even in an online forum, apparently, according to an interview I watched. I found it really, really inspiring. But with all that said, if you want to get started making games, just pick a freaking game engine. There are a lot of them. 
Unreal and Unity are the ones that you're going to hear the most about. And Godot seems to be growing really, really, really fast. I'm seeing a lot more people using that crop up as well. They are all free. All of these engines, they are all capable engines. If you want my opinion on which one to choose, I do recommend Unity. Full disclaimer, though, it is the only engine that I've used, and I'm probably not going to use another one. And that could be a whole other episode in and of itself. But first off, you have a lot of options. It's really great for 3D, but it is absolutely amazing for 2D as well. But one of the best reasons to use Unity, especially when you're new and you're learning, is that it's just the easiest to learn. And the reason I can say that with so much confidence is because there are so many Unity tutorials and courses online for Unity specifically. It's absolutely insane. There is far more content for Unity than there is for Godot or Unreal combined. Unity is all over the place online. Another reason that I recommend it is because Unity uses the C-sharp programming language. Unreal uses the C++ programming language, which is a lot harder to learn, although they do use the Blueprint tool, which is a visual scripting solution. But from what I've heard, if you really want to start making some super complex stuff, you will have to delve into C++ eventually. I can't speak on that from my own experience, though. And Godot uses its own language called GDScript, which I've heard is supposed to be a little bit like Python, which means it's probably very easy to write. But C Sharp is much easier to use than C++. And even Unreal, they have their blueprint system where they connect all of their nodes together. So that sounds like it's something that's really, really easy. But even Unity now has a built-in visual scripting solution as well called Bolt. And there are a rising number of tutorials appearing for that as well. I'm starting to see them on YouTube all over the place. I'm not going to get into graphics debates between Unity and Unreal, because honestly, you're talking about AAA level graphics when you're really comparing the two. And if you're just starting out making games, you're not going to be anywhere near that level with your art. Your requirements are not going to be that high. So as an indie developer, that shouldn't really be something that you need to focus on too, too much. Step number three, start with some tutorials to learn the engine. I really want to highlight the word some from this section because it's really, really easy to get stuck in what's called tutorial purgatory, where you start learning and then you realize just how much there is to learn and you lose all your confidence. And so you just follow tutorials for a really, really long time. This is not a place where you want to be when you're trying to learn how to make games. I was there for nearly two years. And I didn't have to be. So what you'll find when you're following basic entry-level tutorials is that you will learn stuff, you'll get excited, but then you'll reach a point where it no longer feels like you're learning anything and you're kind of just following along what they're doing on their screen. They write a line of code on their screen and you write a line of code on your screen. And this is because entry-level tutorials, when you are brand new, they are great at teaching you how to navigate the engine and get comfortable in there, but that is mostly it. It will not teach you how to actually code. You will not be able to memorize all the different code that you're going to be using from watching and following along with tutorials. It generally will not teach you good game design theories. I do want to clarify that some tutorials do teach these things, but that doesn't mean it's going to stick in your brain. I'm talking about how people absorb information and how they learn. Following step-by-step -step tutorials, you'll learn a thing or two. You might learn a new trick that you didn't know existed. That is fantastic. You'll get super comfortable in the engine when you're brand new. 
But when it comes to programming or making particles or creating shaders or doing anything complicated, you're not going to learn much by just copying someone else. And that is why you should choose a few basic tutorials to follow just to get your feet wet and show you the ropes and learn at least the basics of how everything in your engine works. This is especially important for the next section, but by learning the basics, you're learning the terminology of things so that you know what to type into Google. But learning the hard stuff, that's going to take more work than copying what's on someone else's screen. So let's see how you go about doing that. So step number four is to copy an old, simple game. If you want to learn fast, you are going to do this as independently as possible. That's what you're going to want to do. You've followed a few tutorials, you know at least the basics, so pick a game like Pong, or Flappy Bird is perfect, or Snake, something like that to copy. The reason you want to do this is it just saves you the headache of creating game rules and finding art. You already know the rules for these games and you can grab sprites off the internet because this is a project that's just for you for the purpose of learning. So you don't need to worry about copyright or anything like that. So art and game design is already taken care of for you. It really saves time. You already know how the game works. You just need to make it. Now, this step is the most challenging but it's also the most rewarding because you'll have a ridiculous amount of those aha moments or those click moments where you figure something out and it just it just clicks in your head and you're just like, yep, I get it. I finally am starting to get it. The reason this happens is because you're just breaking down this simple old game into tiny little steps and you have to figure out each step one at a time. So let's say that you decide to make Flappy Bird. So first, you have to figure out how to get an image to render on the screen. And now you need to add gravity so it falls when you're not pressing anything. Now you need to figure out how to make the bird move up each time that you click the mouse. Now you need to add those pipes that scroll across the screen. Now you need to figure out how to make the bird die. Now you need to figure out how to add points to the player's score each time they pass an obstacle. It's just literally one little problem that you need to solve after the other. It's one little step after the other. And each and every step, it's going to be challenging. You will not know what to do. You'll be on Google and YouTube or Reddit constantly, but that's okay. Because this time, when you're trying to fix a very specific problem or create one specific thing or make one specific thing happen on your screen, you're going to remember the solution this time. And that's because you're trying to do it by yourself. In my opinion, there is no faster way to learn game development than just trying to make a game on your own in this way. Step five, sound, music, and art. All right, so you've learned your engine and now you've learned some scripting as well. Now, when you want to move on to your own project, there are a few more things to consider, like how to create sound effects and music and art for the game. So let's talk about what your options are. For art, you're either going to create 2D sprites or 3D models. For 2D sprites, there is a free program with similar capabilities as Photoshop, and it's called GIMP, G-I-M-P. I found it kind of unintuitive, though, and there are way more tutorials for Photoshop, so if you're willing to shell out the money, you will likely want Photoshop. Or if you're creating Pixelite, a sprite seems to be really, really popular, and it's only like 20 bucks US. To create 3D models, Blender. Blender is what you want. Blender is free. It's amazing. I used it for a long time before I shifted my focus over to 2D a bit more. Just know that it is a beast of a program and it is a little bit tricky to learn, though it has gotten a lot better in recent years. 
but it is a spectacular tool and it is constantly getting all sorts of amazing updates all of the time. If you don't want to learn how to make your own art, you can purchase art assets off of asset stores for pretty cheap, and you're free to use them in commercial products as you see fit if you purchase them this way. This goes for characters and environment art as well. There are many popular games that purchase asset packs, especially 3D games that purchase like vegetation packs and things like that to just populate the world with things that you don't necessarily want to create yourself, like trees and bushes and stuff like that. But you could create an entire game with purchased art and not have to learn it yourself. There's no shame in that, and it'll save you a lot of time. Just be sure to give your game something unique to make it stand out in some way, because you're not going to want your game to be labeled as an asset flip. For sound, you want to download a program called Audacity. It's free, and it's how you'll edit sound effects for your game. It's easy to use, and it has lots of really cool effects. It's actually what I'm using to record this podcast right now as well. But besides that, know that there are many sound and music packs that you can purchase off of asset stores. I purchased a pack of sound effects that had almost 10000 for like 12 bucks, and they are really high-quality sounds. Apart from that, you can hire people online. Fiverr is a popular place. There are lots of composers looking for freelance work. I've seen prices as low as five bucks for a song there. You do not need to do everything yourself. There's no shame in purchasing assets. I actually think that it can be a very, very smart thing to do if you're purchasing the right stuff. And step number six is to participate in game jams. The next way to level up your game making skills is by participating in game jams, at least a few. It's going to test your ability to work under stressful conditions to meet a really tight deadline. And you're probably going to end up making a completely original game in a really short amount of time, which is, I promise you, it's an amazing feeling. It is a stressful couple of days if that's the kind of jam you're entering, one that only lasts a few days, but it's really, really amazing when it's finished and you have a game that you made. But more than that, you'll learn what it's like to finish a full original product. Copying Pong or Flappy Bird is one thing, but creating a retro shooter or a tiny Metroidvania or a simple roguelike in a few days is another matter entirely. Here's why you want to participate in at least a few of these. You will learn what kind of games that you enjoy making. You'll learn all the tiny little things that go into making a game that you probably haven't touched up until this point. Things like main menus and adding in decent sound effects and how to manage your data across different scenes and potentially collaborating with other game developers. But also, you're going to get really critical feedback, which is super important. A few people are probably going to love your game and a few people will likely find it only okay. And a few people are going to write paragraphs and paragraphs of things that bugged them about the game or why your game was bad. But that is okay. This is just the nature of things. You cannot create something that everybody likes, and as a game developer, you have to learn how to take that negative feedback and learn from it rather than be hurt by it or take it personally. That's all I got. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much.